Welcome to a Pew Pew panel. Today is the day that we've all been waiting for. Eric's going to eat some of the hottest peppers on earth and try his best to answer gun-related questions that I ask. If you usually listen to the podcast, now is the time to jump on over to our YouTube channel because you're going to want to watch this one. And if you guys are wondering what Eric was just guzzling down while I was reading that intro, it's good old Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Um, Eric has been training for this for, well... My whole life. Yeah, basically. Without giving away your age, I mean, you've pretty much lived your entire life for this moment to show the world that you are man enough to eat a, what was it, a 2.7 million skullful pepper? Yeah. Okay, guys, just to give you a little bit of... Yeah. Some intro on this. Um, so let me see. I took a screenshot. Um, it's a royally bad idea. I just want to. I just want to say for all the the internet community at large that is going to watch this that I I just want to register the opinion that this is a royally bad idea and that I shouldn't do it. I'm not afraid to do it. I want to make okay. that clear. Okay. But with that said, I also just want for you know legal purposes. I'm not making. Eric, do this. <laughs> if anything happens, um, I I already texted Brandy. I was like, "Hey, heads up, you might have to take Eric to the hospital." And she's like, "What in the world?" And I was like, "Okay, we'll gotta go record a podcast. Bye." <laughs> um, okay, but guys, so if you're wondering, like, as far as like the Scoville scale, so jalapenos, for example, are uh, 2,500 to 8,000, depending on the severity of it. We also have a, um, what was the other pepper? Serrano pepper is 10,000 to 2,300. And I, well, I don't really want Eric to suffer alone. So I um, made myself a spicy Bloody Mary. <laughs> and of course, it has some um, cherry peppers on it. And I think the cherry peppers are, let's see, there was, they were on here. Um, I don't know. I think they're anywhere from like 500 to 2,500. So I'm going to be hurting there right with you. And then to add a little insult to the injury, I'm also using habanero vodka, which I'm usually one to drink a little bit higher in vodka, but I had this at a party and um, this stuff's freaking amazing. Like. I'm not even doing anything fancy with, I got my V8 juice here in case I want to like, you know, fill up. I mean, spicy, you know, again, I'm, I'm right there with you, Eric. So you're not alone, buddy. Okay. We're, we're going to suffer together. Okay. All right. As long as we're both suffering, I guess it makes it okay. Yeah, totally. You're fine. You're totally fine. Um, I'll read an email, but first I'm going to, let's do mail call. So I got something interesting in the mail. It's from uh reek arms and it is this charging handle and essentially it has like a five different points as to it's it works best with like suppressed and full auto and it's supposed to help mitigate gas and i have to believe it hasn't come out yet but it will um a week after this show already comes out but i have to believe that these little like you know indents right here are to uh sort of make the gas you know, direct the gas a different way. And then there's like this little shelf, which also helps. So tomorrow I'm going to shoot full auto, air 15 suppressed. 
and I'll fire a few shots without this in and then switch up the charging handle and, you know, put it in. But this is called the sledgehammer. And um, I don't know what it, what it um, retails for, but I was looking at the rest of their website. Reek Arms actually has some pretty good stuff for pretty affordable and it's all American made too. So I've never really tried their products before, but if you guys are looking for something similar that's, you know, all American and, uh, you know, like a good charging handle, their prices were by all means uh, pretty decent. So Eric, what do you think? It's an issue with charging handles and the gases escaping in your face. Oh, I know. I hate getting gas in my face. Nobody wants I mean, it sounds it sounds dumb, like it sounds stupid, and I'm trying to be funny to a degree. But like, I've shot systems where people are like, "Oh, we created this, you know, this uh, whatever, and it it prevents gas from." And I'm like, I ended up with more gas in my freaking face, like to the point where I like couldn't even breathe, and I was shooting outside. I'm like, okay, this is horrible. So yeah, I mean, it is definitely a problem that not a lot of people out there have been able to solve with, you know, with different accessories. So definitely interesting how this, how this works. Right on. So I got another product from ATI and this is their- OMG, I got the same one. We're twinsies. Yep. It's a Ruger 1022 stock here for uh, the Strike Force from ATI. And this particular unit has been in production with them for quite some time. About the only thing I noticed that they changed on this from some of the earlier examples of the Strike Force is it does have their more modern and sleek, skeletonized uh, M4 style collapsible stock, also with an adjustable comb height, which is nice. And you do have QD points and um, accessory slots, slots throughout and pick rails and stuff. Um, I have a couple of the ATI uh, Strike Force stocks. They've worked quite well over the years and it's a really good seller for ATI. So um I'll I'll probably put this one on one of my 1022s and go out and make a video because I haven't shown off some ATI stuff in, in our videos in quite a while. So I'll probably do that. And um uh, and it, it does have a side folding stock. Uh so a nice stock uh folding stock mechanism and very affordably priced as well, which is nice. So uh that's from ATI. And also on a side note, uh you know I know with mail call we normally show off gun gadgets. But our friends at Henry Repeating Arms actually sent a really nice Christmas package to me with a whole bunch of awesome like cheese curds and all this wonderful food. Like they sent really probably came at the right moment because you might I can see I feel like you're gonna break into it and start eating them. Look at this. Wisconsin cheese curds that they sent. You know, all kind of uh, cheeses and sauces. I mean, look at this. I mean, it's a block of cheese. Right? Okay. Listen. Uh, all kind of meat. Eric, I wasn't going to brag about this because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if you had the same thing. What is that? Pork beef jerky. Oh. Yeah. All right, listen. I mean, I was gonna wait until things got good to, you know, to bring this out because I wasn't sure if Gideon, you know, optics sent you the same thing, but they sent me some popcorn. Okay. It says Wishing you a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year, Gideon Optics. And I feel like this came in like right at the moment so that I could just sit here and be like, how's it going, Eric? You're oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like we really have to sort of pre- preface this whole thing with kind of mentioning like the warning 
that this guy yeah. gave us on these peppers. But I guess we will get to that. You will start out doing mild peppers and work well, out. Look, first of all, Valence, we got to say we got to do our sponsors quick before things just go to crap. You know, we got to like, otherwise, our sponsors aren't going to be very happy with us. So there's ATI Outdoors. Definitely check out their stuff, atioutdoors.com. Gideon Optics. I'm sure Eric probably got the same popcorn if we're being honest, but who knows? Maybe he didn't. Um, I mean, it'd be cool if I got what Henry sent. That looks pretty good too. But if you guys are looking for quality optics, head on over to Gideon Optics, gideonoptics.com. And then I guess we'll wait a little bit, but then I'm going to talk about electronic transfer as well. Um, so to just to kind of let you guys know the severity of these peppers. So the guy who sent this, so this is kind of what makes it hilarious. And I was trying to film my sister in last night as to what you'd be doing. And she's like, so this guy that you guys don't know sent him these pe- these peppers and he's going to eat it. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> it sounds like a horrible idea. It sounds like, um, okay, so essentially this guy, I was, you know, um, going back and forth with a few emails and um, I said something. I was like, LOL, okay, yeah, whatever. And he wrote back, I'm not joking at all. I'm very serious and very serious about these peppers, just like firearms. You need to eat a lot of pizza or mac and cheese to fill your stomach with just so you don't get gut rot cap cramps. These peppers are no joke. Depending on how well you have prepped your stomach, cap cramps might happen and can go on for an hour to 12 hours. Oh, Eric, sounds like it's going to be a late night for you. Mac and cheese or potatoes and cheese, starchy, cheesy foods will help coat your stomach before you eat these super hot peppers. Pepto-Bismol pink stuff can help prior after too. I eat one or two super hot peppers every day. I have a very high tolerance. Y'all don't have a tolerance anywhere close to mine. So please heed and take warning and follow precautionary measures I've stated. You can prep and eat those peppers and, and they will F you up, especially the chocolates. That's why I refer to the chocolate peppers as Enigio, I can never say this, Montoya peppers. Meat Enigio. Yeah. Um, they are coming. Uh, oh, they are coming for revenge. Ava and Eric, I'm not joking. These peppers are effing crazy hot. Ghost peppers are around 1 million Scoville heat units. White is at the lowest. And for super hot, it goes up to 2.5 million. Pepper X can kiss my butt. The chocolate fino of the primo tally is the world's hottest, just ask Johnny Scoville. <laughs> then he went on to say that um I wish I get I wish I took more of the screenshot. He went on to say that he's tried to send these peppers to um um the AK guy. Um well, and I could just imagine they're just like, nah, dude, I'm I'm good. And he's like, Yeah, they're too, you know. Let's just uh, use the sugarcoat word babies to try it out. So congrats, Eric. You're not a baby. You know, whether you can't handle these peppers or not, at the end of the day, you're not a baby. You at least tried. And whether you throw up later or not, which, by the way, do you have a trash can here just in case? Not only do I have a trash can, I have a 1950s magician. Oh. Cool magician. Well, hopefully you don't value it too much, but if you do, I mean, it could be cleaned out. Just vomit. Just remember that. <laughs> Look, I just want to kind of set the tone a little bit here before we get too far down the pepper rabbit hole, y'all. This is a very bad idea 
And and look, I've done a lot of crazy things in my life. I've done a lot of things that were very bad. I've had a lot of bad ideas in my life, but this is definitely towards the top end on in a series of very bad ideas. So I just want to put that out there that I'm feeling apprehensive, but at the same time, we ain't going back. We're here. Wow. Everyone's waiting. So I have taken the liberty here to go ahead and cut up a jalapeno. We're going to start out with, I mean, look, everyone eats jalapenos. Who hasn't been to a Mexican restaurant? Who hasn't been somewhere where there's been raw or pickled jalapenos? Jalapeno is a very common pepper that many people are familiar with and uh, has great table value because it's not super spicy, but it's also, you know, it's got a little heat. I mean, depending on the pepper, though, some of them can be pretty spicy. And it's actually the membrane. Like if you were to scoop out like the seeds in the membrane, it's not even going to be that spicy. So it depends on what type of, you know, what part of the pepper people get. But yeah, but if it makes you feel better, Eric, some people can't even handle jalapeno. So you're already, you know, and I'm going to join you. Cheers, buddy. So here's a jalapeno and you can see we've got a couple of seeds. So the seeds are where a lot of the capsaicum is in the pepper. So I'm going to just raw jalapeno. I put some cheese on my um, Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. just in case, you know, it got a little too spicy and uh, I eat some cheese. Wonderful flavor. Nice crunch. Classic pepper. I mean, jalapeno is it's a little hotter than for a jalapeno or is it just about right? I would say it's about right. Uh, it's about oh. an average jalapeno. Not too hot. Um, good crunch. Good flavor. Good table fare. Uh, uh, jalapenos are great for pickling. They're great for running them raw. I mean, there's a lot of different culinary uses for jalapenos. And there's a reason. Uh, that is definitely not a hot pepper. I would say, for me, it is completely not an issue. I could eat, you know, hundreds of jalapenos if I needed to, and it probably would not be a problem. Uh, you know, so we did the one chip challenge at one point, And, you know, we didn't have a problem with that. Um, Matt and I on the LLP podcast did the one chip challenge. And it was a little rough for him. Now, I'm, I'm not being weird here. I'm just saying that on the one chip challenge, I didn't really think that was overly hot. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's hot. It hurt, but it wasn't that bad. So really for me, this jalapeno um, is no big deal at all. All right, so now before you eat another pepper, let's just start off with uh, would you rather segment. So if you guys have any would you rather scenarios, we'd love to hear from you. It could be silly, it could be serious, whatever. Uh, today's would you rather is from uh any s no andy s uh love the podcast great discussions my question is would you rather have every gun but they all shot the same round or have one gun that shot every round and what would your choice of gun and a round be thanks Mm -hmm. uh doing what you're doing andy Mm -hmm. so every different gun but it shot the same round or the same gun and it shot different rounds. That's really tough. Because originally, to huh? Do I get to choose which round? Yeah. Then... I almost feel like I'd rather have one gun that could shoot any round. I know. So my initial instinct was like, oh no, hands down, I want every gun and it's all chambered in the same. But then I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense. And that's, you know, you're really limited at that point. But then again, there's nothing, 
there's nothing better than like shooting a different gun, something that's like totally different than what you have and you get excited about it and like, oh, I love that. But I think, mm-hmm. I think I would do probably the same gun, every different caliber. Uh, I would have more use for it. I agree. I agree. And, you know, especially when you start comparing things like rimfire versus a shotgun, you know, like mm-hmm. a 22, a 12 gauge, that's two very different guns with two very different purposes. A lot of people may not know, gosh, if I would have thought about it, I would have went downstairs and grabbed my drilling. So I have an old German drilling. And so with a drilling, all right, in German dry is three, right? So it's three barrels. So you have two 16 gauge uh, shotgun barrels on the top. Then you have a center fire, eight millimeter uh, rimmed uh, sporting cartridge rifle barrel on the bottom. So you have a shotgun and a rifle in one gun. And with Germany's firearm certificates, I believe that there's a limit on the amount of guns that you can own. So what a lot of hunters choose to do is buy like a drilling so they can have their shotgun and their rifle on one ticket in the same gun and just to have the utilitarian factor of having a shotgun and a rifle together. And then there's some that'll have a rim fire barrel, a center fire barrel, and then a shotgun barrel. Oh wow! Four shotgun barrels, yeah. So they have four barrels. Um, a a, a Vryling, I think it's Vry V V R I L Vryling, Dr- a, a drilling and a Vryling or whatever they want to call it, you know. But you have a four barrel, you have a three barrel. Here in the U.S., we're so used to shooters having like a double barrel shotgun, or sometimes you may see a combination gun. Like the, I think they have one called the Badger, the Mini Badger that I believe, is it Rossi makes the Badger, I believe. And you've got like a shot, a 410 shotgun and a 22. I know a lot of people sing combination guns. So there is something to be said about a combination gun and a utility, a utilitarian factor of a combo gun. Mm-hmm. And, but to say each gun would just be the same gun, but in a different caliber, whereby that may not be as fun. I feel like that would be more useful to have access to you know, many different calibers instead of having, you know, the same caliber, but then have a whole bunch of different guns. So yeah, that's which I know some people probably love that. Like there's some people that are like, oh no, I only have my handgun, my nine millimeter, my AR, my two, two, three, five, five, six, and then maybe a shotgun. And cause they don't want to like have to buy a bunch of ammo and stuff. For me, I'm just like, I don't even care. Like I want every caliber out there. And if it means stacking up more ammo in my ammo room, I don't, I don't care. You know, there you go. That's a good attitude to have. All right. Well, Eric, uh, enough dilly dallying. I yeah, think. What's next? Yeah. What's, yeah. Let's do the, uh, okay. Toronto, which, you know, yeah. it's not much hotter, but I mean, let's have a little suspense. We build up. Yeah. So I'm actually, right. I picked right, up. Better, protect. Oh, there we go. The logo. Actually the logo. Yeah. I took a screenshot of the Scoville scale. Um, I actually had Thai peppers in my soup the other day, and that is 50,000 to 100,000. What you're eating is 10 to 23,000. All right. Little skinny serrano peppers right here. All right. What kind of aromas are you getting? Do you, uh, are you tasting like, you know, maybe a little bit of citrus, some vanilla? What are the notes? Well, it just has that raw pepper taste, similar to the flesh of the uh, of the jalapeno. You know, it just tastes like a fresh pepper. A little more heat. Yeah. Yeah, a little more heat. 
but not not unbearable, which uh, we're about to get into unbearable territory. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, again, there's a reason that the grocery store sells a ton of Serranos, a ton of jalapenos, and even a ton of hibaneros, which, you know, there was a time when even hibanero peppers, people were like, wow, that's a hot pepper. No, but hibaneros compared to a lot of stuff is out there now, not even really that hot of a pepper anymore. You know, it's not until you really get to the Scotch bonnet and, you know, the Reaper, Carolina Reapers and the X's, which just to give an idea, okay, I've never had Pepper X. I've never had the Carolina Reaper. So I'm actually going to a pepper that's way hotter than those. So this is, yeah. I'm going to sort out with a little piece because I, you know, I don't want to like, oh, yeah, F myself up too bad. But we are going to cut these peppers and kind of smell them and really see what they're all about. And it's also worth noting, these are fresh peppers from the grocery store. Yeah, you say I just cut them. Um, fresh peppers are going to have a very different heat profile than something like a dry pepper. So like when you take a pepper, like a chili pepper and you dry it, and this comes from some of my friends on the barbecue circuit and some of my friends that do, especially like hot barbecue or hot chili, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, these guys are doing chili cook-offs. What they'll do is they'll take their peppers and they'll dry them and then they'll pulverize them into powders and they'll use powdered peppers to create these flavor profiles. And when you have a powdered pepper, or let's just say a dried pepper, that when you dry it, it somehow enhances and intensifies the overall flavor profile, but also the heat. Mm -hmm. So the fact that these peppers started out freakish to begin with, and then now they're dried peppers. So it's like, it's going to make that flavor all that much more intense. Now you notice I've been sipping on some coffee. So this does have some milk in it. Milk does help with with the pain and the heat, it will kind of like help coat your mouth a little bit. So I'm just using this coffee as a little bit of a cleanser in between. <clears throat> it's not very hot at all, the Serrano or the jalapeno, but I have a feeling we're about to we're about yeah. to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um yeah the the person um Pickock he said do not drink water. That water makes it worse. So um, but yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering actually if it took away from the heat, if it was dry or not. Yeah. All right. So adds to it. <laughs> there's a also, and I'm assuming he sent. So he, I think he said the yellow ones were the least. Maybe go through it and see if there's any yellow ones. Okay. There should now, be yellow ones, and then essentially the chocolate ones, which I'm assuming are the brown ones, are they're the worst. We're, yeah, we're going to check them out. Okay, so here's the container, y'all. It says, you gotta be nuts. Yeah, I put that little label on there. That's clever. And then he did give us a, a little description here. I'm just going to read that. Ava already kind of paraphrased that earlier, but let's just have fun with this. Make sure to eat lots of mac and cheese or potatoes and cheese before any peppers. Also, plenty of Pepto-Bismol, which I have already been taking. Enjoy Hickok's Huckleberries. That's what he calls them. So... All right, you can see that there's tape on the lid. I have not removed the tape. I'm going to remove the tape. So I pulled up his email. So he said the yellows are the tastiest and the least hot, and the reds taste good too, but can be a bit floral and are definitely hotter than the yellows. The chocolates are what you basically, you know, send somebody if you want revenge. So I don't know. Is there any yellow ones in there? Or did he not? <laughs> oh my God, Ava! What are we doing? Okay, so 
here, not to touch my eyes or anything like that. So yeah, appears to be a yellow one. Uh, are you sure that looks red to me? Looks red, but hang on, we're gonna we're gonna look through some of them here. Look, I'm gonna. I would say pour it out on your desk, but I don't know if you should. All right, look, I'm gonna pour them out so I can kind of identify some of them. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, there's a yellow one. That's yellow. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> All right, there's a yellow one. Okay. Hopefully it's not. It looks a little brown to me. I'm just topping off my blame mirror. I'm going to make it a little bit spicier uh, so that you're not alone. All right? Just remember that. Mm -hmm. All right, so there's the yellow. And then it looks like, uh, so the red ones, ooh, that's a juicy-looking specimen right there. Sorry. All right, there's a red one. We're going to set that aside. And then you said there's... <laughs> Hot. And you said there's some that are brown, like kind of look like chocolate. Kinda yeah. Like that. No. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's more like black, like Satan's heart. Yeah. Okay. Now the rest of these peppers are going back in the, in here. Yeah. And then also make sure that you wipe off that table too, just in case of your dog sniff up there. So when you're yeah, done, if you're not, you don't end up in the hospital. <laughs> no. So just a quick note while I'm putting the rest of these peppers in here. Yes, I'm handling them, but I'm about to eat one, so it's, it's okay if I handle them. Just have to make sure not to touch my freaking eyes, because you know, that would be very bad. So these dried peppers like these, okay, they, um, you know, for, from a culinary standpoint, let's say that if we wanted to make a pot of chili hot, I would say one of these for a whole pot of chili. Hmm. And that's if you want it hot. And this dried pepper, so incredibly insane flavor profile. Okay, so I've got these back in here. I'm going to put them off to the side. All right. Ooh, and watch my freaking eyes. All right. Yellow one? Yeah. Or so you said the yellow is the least intense? Yeah, he said the yellows are the tastiest and the least hot. That's not to say that they're not hot at all. So maybe just take a little nibble. I'm going to take a little nibble. I'm going to cut it because I want to look see what it looks like on the inside. Yeah. Are you cutting it completely in half? Yes. Oh, the seeds. Oh. Oh. All right. And this guy said he's surprised that his neighbors don't get mad at him or they haven't complained yet when he's drying out these peppers because that's how hot they are. All right. Oh, that was kind of big. Jesus. Is it hot? Mm. Good flavor. Ooh. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. Now, okay, now I see what he's talking about on the flavor. <laughs> what a bad idea i see what he's talking about on the flavor because it's got this kind of sweet it's kind of sweet at first which is weird you think you know pepper it's really hot you know it's there's no way it could be sweet there's no way it could have a flavor that would be beyond just 
utter heat. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so hot. It's burning my throat. It's burning my mouth. It's okay, wait. So before we go further, did you get preparation H by chance for uh, later? <laughs> thanks, Ava. I appreciate your concern, Ava. I just want to make sure. I even told you earlier at the grocery store, I was like, hey, get some chocolate milk. Uh, all right. Start asking me some questions. All right. Well, first off, let's go and talk about electronic transfer real quick so we don't lose any of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. All right. Electronic transfers. Um, one thing that I like, so it's always month to month contracts. So at any point, if you guys want to cancel, you can. They are emergent service and they offer everything that you could possibly think of that any other merchant service does. But uh, they are pretty much guaranteed to come out with the best rates. But on top of that, they are 2A friendly. So they're not going to find out that you sell guns or uh, gun supplies or anything like that and just cut you off without you know any notice, which is what happened to me at one point. So um, yeah, I'd say if you if you own a gun related business, definitely check them out. Or if let's say you're just you know you appreciate American or Second Amendment and you own a hair salon or um, auto parts store or something like that, and you're just like, hey, I'd rather give them my business than you know some of these banks that have no problem cutting us off. Check out electronictransfer.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing. <laughs> That's the least hot one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really got. All right. <laughs> hey, look, look. I'm not gonna bitch out. I'm not gonna bitch out. Ask yeah. some questions. All right. Are you crying though? Not well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What was your first gun, and why is it significant to you? Other than for the reasons of being your first gun. All right, my first rifle was a Winchester Model 121 youth rifle. It's a single shot. And it's a little cheesy Tasco scope mounted on it. And my grandpa gave it to me when I was nine years old. <laughs> and I, I still have it. And, you know, it has a sentimental value, obviously, because, you know, I shot a lot of my first squirrels and things like that with it. And uh, great little rifle. You know, I love it. I just, can't believe, I just can't believe you're crying and it's only one pepper in. <laughs> I mean, in your in your defense, you're three peppers in, you know. Well, it is starting to wear off a little bit, you know. So that one, it, you know, it was a, a rather small piece, but it is hot as crap. Now, if yeah. you were to take one of those yellow peppers, to be fair, and you were to put it in like a pot of chili or something. It'd probably taste like, good. Yeah, add, add a little bit of good flavor and maybe a good little little amount of heat to a whole pot of chili. I could see that as being a, a viable option. Um, certainly not going to go munching on a whole one. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> it, it's hot. I can feel a considerable amount of heat. I would say that that pepper, you know, based on some of the other hot peppers that I've had before, that is probably easily in the 1.2, 1.4 million range. It's hot. It's hot. Way hotter than a Scotch bonnet. Way hotter than a habanero. Way hotter than I think I have had Reaper hot sauce before, but I don't think I've ever had the actual dried Reaper pepper. But I would say that that's it's relatively close to a Reaper 
And I would say that, okay, based on the one chip challenge, that's pretty close to the heat of the one chip challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think one chip challenge is, is like in the 1.2, 1.3 Scoval unit, which, you know, it, yeah. don't get me wrong. One chip challenge is a hot freaking chip. You know, they quit doing the one chip challenge. I know. People were, people were dying. Yeah. You know, I, know. I, I did the one chip challenge. This pepper's not going to kill me. It may kill me in the bathroom later. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me some more questions. All right. Um, are there any, like, what is your biggest firearm purchase that you regret if you have any? Hmm. Did I regret? Yeah. What gun do I regret by? Dang. That's a good question. I mean, gosh, like, I don't want to be rude and, like, call a company out and make them feel like crap because you're like, that gun was crap. (laughs) My first Ruger Mini 14, I was not happy with. But in Ruger's defense, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be fair here. Okay. In Ruger's defense, they have greatly improved the Mini 14. It has come a long way. And I have a Mini 30 in here in the Samson stock. I would have thought about it. I should have brought the sucker in here and showed it to you because it's really cool. I've got a suppressor on it, a red dot, a mount. I mean, it's super nice. Super, super uncharacteristic of what you would have seen in the early versions of the minis. Um, early on, they were not without... I mean, the gun that I had was maybe six minutes. You know, it just was not very accurate. And high cap mags were not exactly easy to locate. And I don't know. I just, I wasn't in love with it. And I got rid of it pretty quick because I, I just couldn't really get behind it. So I hate to throw, I'm not throwing Ruger under the bus because they've made vast improvements to the mini series. Mini yeah. 14 still around today for a reason, because it is a great gun. And um, I don't hate the mini 14, but the first one I had, I didn't like too much. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, be- you know, like any company, there's always different iterations and generations and stuff like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, you feel, should we eat another pepper? Yeah. Thanks. So, we, so when I say we, I mean you. It's kind of like when you asked your boyfriend, or well, you would know, but I'd be like, babe, should we like shovel the driveway? <laughs> we. And, and that means not me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we understand like, the assignment. We, we understand the assignment. I'll even join you. I'm going to eat one of these cherry peppers. Oh, man, I'm so scared. All right, cherry pepper. Cheers. Oh, yeah, you, you're you not putting that whole thing in your mouth. You got to cut some off. <laughs> no, I'm going to definitely cut it off. All right, so he, he said the red one is the second highest one. This is probably yeah. pushing 2 million Scoville units. Yeah, he said uh, it's a little floral, he said. Floral. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well... If the yellow is any indication, I'm pretty sure I'm about to take the trip to Payne Town right now. I know. I'm so scared for you to eat that black pepper. I don't care if they call it chocolate. Maybe it's dark chocolate. It looks. I feel like chocolate is the dog whistle. Like, you know. I'm not going to lie, man. That pepper looks real angry, and I should probably get my popcorn for this one. That was definitely a little crunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Flora was right. 
Really? Well, like, what kind of uh, followed by intense heat. <laughs> you ate more of it? Mm-hmm. Don't want to taste more of it. Dang. Dang. That is a really good pepper. Man, I like that. Mm. Yeah, but the problem is, is you like them in the beginning and then they hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. This is some pretty good popcorn. Mm, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't worry. Don't talk. It's hot. Just let it out. All let it all out, friend. It's okay. Oh my god. I mean, it's intense. It's very intense. But I would say that the, that the flavor profile is on point. It is a delicious pepper. I would love to flavor a pot of chili with this pepper. Both of these peppers would be... Which one? Okay, if you had to choose, though, between the yellow or the red, which one would you choose? Definitely the red. Definitely the red. The red is very good, and it's hot. It's very hot. Oh, yeah. Anybody's wondering what that sounded? No. No. (laughs) it now. (laughs) Oh, man, it took a second. It took a second. I'm just going to get drunk on this show. Eric's going to die. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Oh my gosh. Ava, why? Why did I eat the whole thing? <laughs> you want some Bloody Mary to maybe. <laughs> this would feel like. This would feel really refreshing. Ask me something. All right. What is one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to you? The most embarrassing thing has ever happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. My first car was a Crown Victoria, you know, like an ex-police model that my grandmother owned. And one time, it was actually happened, I was with Chad, of all people, and we were riding around. I forget what we were doing. We were in high school, so we were, like, riding around, and I left the handbrake on. <laughs> I left the handbrake on. And, you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't quite, you know, I didn't know I had the handbrake on. Yeah, I was a dumb kid. I didn't know. Got rolling down the road. I thought, why do those things kind of act a little weird? Well, the handbrake had, had gotten like really hot, right? And it got hot. And on the old Crown Victorious, there's this like big old nylon cover that goes over the brake disc. As you can imagine, it got hot enough to catch on fire. So we were sitting, we were sitting at, a, at a red light. And sure enough, like this some bitch was smoking. And the car caught on fire. And we're like, holy shit. And I felt like a jerk. Well, we we were near a Home Depot. And we pulled up to the home and garden area. And we got out and grabbed the hose. And like we didn't tell them. We were like, we need a hose. And we were like, <laughs> put the fire out. And luckily, it like didn't catch the whole car on fire. But it was really embarrassing. Because people were like, oh, what a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> it, was like, it was pretty embarrassing. You know. And um, yeah. 
All right. Um, what's your most memorable shooting experience? My most memorable shooting experience. Damn. Most memorable. Well, you know, I remember the time that, so we had a Desert Tech 338 Lapua that we took out to a mile. And it's the first time I ever shot a mile. And I had Tim Harmson with me from Military Arms Channel. And we were hanging out with our with our buddies and everything. It, it was awesome. It was awesome to take a, a factory gun with factory ammo. You know, we were running the uh, federal, I think it was 275 grain match ammo was what they load in the, in the 338 Lapua. We were taking federal gold medal match factory ammo out of a desert tech, and we were hitting D-28s at, you know, a mile. Hmm. So that was fun, to shoot a mile. Yeah, and that was right. That was your, you know. And you said that was your first time ever shooting a mile, right? My first time ever shooting a mile, and plus I had Tim with me, you know, so that was cool. He and I always, <laughs> excuse me, we always, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the one that I burped. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Tim, uh, yeah, we had a great time that day. I, I would say that's probably one of my most memorable experiences shooting for sure. Nice. The first time yeah. I ever shot a mile was with this girl, Melissa Ridings, and she is like a badass. And she let me shoot her gun. It wasn't a factory gun. It wasn't factory ammo. But I shot the mile within like, I don't know, three hits or something like that. It was pretty incredible. Isn't it cool to see how long the projectile stays in the air? Yes, it really is. Like that is something that you're just, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything gun related that you wish that you could do better? Like maybe like training, a certain skill set? Hmm. You know, I feel like in terms of everything that I do gun handling wise, you know, like everything... I've done on the channel over the years and things like that. You know, I feel like I handle pistols fairly well. You know, I can handle rifles perfectly well, especially ARs and things like that, PCCs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I handle shotguns probably better than the average person for sure. You know, and I put a lot of stock in shotguns. In fact, it's an episode that I'm going to make soon on my channel where I talk about why people hate on shotguns so much. And there is a reason for it. So I would say in terms of just my overall experience with guns, in terms of handling everything from vintage to modern, I would say I'm pretty well-rounded in that regard. Um, there's always some things that I wish that I could maybe do a little bit better on the gunsmithing front. You know, I can always appreciate people who are really good at like checkering stocks or doing engraving or some of the more, you know, crazy finishes like color case hardening and stuff. So I actually have a uh, heat treating furnace uh, that I got from Brownells. They sent it out and um, we're going to set it up um, up at Argos, right? And with the heat treating furnace, I can not only fire pottery and things like that, you know, for more of the art stuff, which I'm into that stuff, but I can also do, you know, heat treating for like blades and knives and things like that, but also color case hardening, which you have to hold the workpiece at a very specific temperature for a very specific amount of time and under a very strict uh, set of circumstances. But that's something that I want to learn how to do really well is color case hardening because I've done a lot of research on it and, uh, that's a skill set that I'm I'm certainly going to improve. And just to to kind of give a little a little shout out to Chad, okay, um, at Argos. So we actually got our really nice Cerakote booth set up now at Argos. We are doing full Cerakote work. Uh, we're offering that as a service at Argos. So if you want Cerakote work done on your gun, uh, contact Chad on the forum at Argos, and we can get that in the work queue for you. He's doing some really great work, and he went up to. 
That was Washington State to go take the Syracuse class. So he's improving his skill set. And, uh, you know, I have, I've been spraying Syracuse and Duracoke for years, uh, but it's really awesome to see him learning it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to getting up there and helping him out in the shop a little bit more with some of the Syracuse. But he showed me some of his Syracuse uh, camel jobs and they're looking so great. So if you want some good Syracuse work, hit us up and chat. We'll take care of you on that. Argos Orchards in uh, Locust Grove, Georgia. That's our shop. So uh, let us know. We can service all your Syracuse needs. Um, but yeah, I like more of the customization and, and things like that. And, and I'm always looking to improve my skill set for gunsmithing and things like that. Um, and since we brought up Chad, because a lot of people always ask, they're like, where's Chad? And they think that I like, you know, took Chad's place, which I did not. Um, and nothing against Chad. I mean, I've known you and Chad the same amount of time uh, for quite a few years. Um, I have a pretty funny picture with him and um, Brandon Herrera when Chad was growing out his hair. And I, I made fun of him. I was like, you look like a Cabbage Patch kid. But um, but essentially, he's just been really busy. And that's why he yeah. doesn't really on the show that much. Um, that is 110% true. I was actually going to try to find that photo. In fact, I think I have it right here, Ava. I can pull it up. Yeah, well, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, and because we were in Florida, so everyone's hair was like horrible. Yeah. My, I, had, like, I had the Jufro going on. I guess yeah. they like Jewish. All right. I think, I think it's time to eat another pepper. We will eat another pepper. I'll just add real quick before I eat this last really gnarly pepper is that, you know, the, uh, the reason that Chad is busy is because he's really been putting a lot of time in stock into this Argos venture. You know, we are making our own guns now and he's offering Cerakote services and things like that. So the point is that it's not that he doesn't want to be a part of the channel or to do things with the channel, but I really feel that it's important for Chad to build something outside of, of the channel for himself, and for his family. And we're really wanting to grow Argos into a thriving business that can be that's his thing. That's his baby. You know, I don't have any ownership in it. I don't have any stake in it other than wanting to see it grow and for him to be successful. So a lot of people may not know that, that, you know, he's venturing out into the gun manufacturing world and the gun customization world so that he can build a nest egg for his family to turn into some really crazy, awesome thing. And I'm really doing more of my own solo thing with the YouTube channel now, not to say that Chad doesn't want to be a part of it or that I don't want him to be a part of it, but that his efforts are needed elsewhere right now. And, you know, I really want to see him grow that and really become like his own, his own entity in that regard. And, you know, we're always going to support anything that he does. He's always going to have an open mic on the channel, just like you, Ava. And just like many of my friends who I've known for years, my colleagues in the gun industry who I've known for all these years, they know that they always have an open mic on my channel. If someone's like, man, I got something on my mind and I just want to get it out to people you know, like John Frump knows that he can call me up and go, hey, let's do a stream yard just like you and I are doing right now. Let's do this. Let's do that. Whatever. And it's all good. Right. So Chad is the same way. Like he literally can just log into my YouTube account and post whatever he wants for any reason for, you know, and I'm never going to, you know, question. It. So he's always going to be a fixture of the channel, a part of the channel, a part of what we do. And we're still going to do some collabs from time to time. But you know, just know that uh, the reason he's not around is not because there's some bad blood or issues or anything like that. It's just that he's working really hard to build something outside of the channel, which will ultimately benefit all of us uh, in the long run. So, you know, I want to support his endeavor in doing that. And if it means me kind of slowing down on the content a bit or trying to kind of strike out and do things on my own a little bit, 
um, then that's that's the necessary evil that I see in front of me right now. So um, it's all for the better. And in the long term, I think it's going to make things better for all of us. Yeah, definitely. This, is, this definitely isn't. I don't even want to. It looks like a lump of coal. <laughs> Look, I had a feeling. That- it just looks like the worst ever. <laughs> like that should be the screenshot for the video. <laughs> i think what happened was lucifer one day was laying around grassy knoll and he was like i really hate mankind and i just i got to figure out some way to just really throw a wrench in the plans of mankind what can i possibly do others plagues and famines there's all these kind of crazy things no 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 satan just kind of dipped his toe in the sand a little bit and just kind of went and spit the sand, and this this pepper grew out of the resulting sludge, the primordial, gross, ugly, satanic sludge. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, Lucifer. All right, let's see what we got here. I'm curious to take. Like, can you smell it pretty well? Because I know even when I like uh, cut jalapenos or anything like that, it's just like, and then you, and then there's something like, dude, that thing looks gnarly. <laughs> I don't really use that word that much, but like that word sums it up. Like it's just a gnarly looking pepper. Ooh. What do you think? I'm trying not to think right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Ava, why? Oh, that was like a big part. That was like really big. We got to get the full experience. Oh, my goodness. You got to really know. I don't even know what you just said. I would have just said, hey, a little bit is fine. No. Oh, you just ate a big chunk. So for anyone who's just listening in the podcast and didn't tune in. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Rest in peace, Eric. Or at least his butthole. <laughs> mm. So flavor... Not really much for flavor, just kind of more of like just heat. Whoa. Ava. And that's me smart questions. All right. You are so red. <laughs> it's so hot. Uh, let's see. Okay. How about this? Give it three examples from Hatcher's notebook. Of course, that's going to be the question. Julian Hatcher. Oh. <laughs> like you're old. This so red. As an older volume written by Julian Hatcher, uh, is a series of experiments that were conducted over a course of many years 
And I'm I'm honestly I'm only asking you this because I we talked about this before and I know that you read it. I just thought it was a good question to ask. All right, so one thing that Julian Hatcher did is he took one of the locking lugs on the Grand and cut it off and fired proof loads. Fire <laughs> out of an M1 Garand using only one locking lug to test the strength of the M1 Garand service rifle and it proved to be quite strong and it, it held up just fine <laughs> uh, I don't know why I think you did funny. another thing that he did It's so hot, Ava. Another thing he did was he went out on the beach and he fired Springfield 03 service rifles at extremely long distances to look for the bullet strikes on the beach at long distance. He built a fixture. He built a fixture where he could level the rifle perfectly and shoot at max trajectory to see how long it would take the projectiles to get down down the beach and we're talking a long way and he had some pretty interesting findings with that mainly just to test like okay when you look at a Springfield 03 and you see the sights go out to like 2400 yards or something mm -hmm. I mean people actually shoot them that far think about it so part of his testing was to say to see well do the sights actually track to that distance and they also did the same thing with Thompson's they took Thompson machine guns and shot them at max trajectory to see how far the Thompson could shoot. You know, just how far it could shoot, period. So that's pretty interesting. And they would look with really powerful binoculars and spotting scopes and be able to see where the rounds are hitting in the sand on the beach at long distance. All right, that's two examples. <laughs> The third example. Are you okay? Yeah. And at any point, just say the magic word. I don't really know what's going to happen when you say the magic word, the safe word, because unfortunately we can't take it back. It's happened. <laughs> no. The third example was they did some pressure testing on different bolt action rifles from World War II to see which ones were the strongest. And do you know which? Bolt action rifle from World War II has the strongest action. Not what you think. Which one has the strongest action? Which gun can handle the highest pressure before it explodes? You'll never guess. I don't know. What is it? The Arasaka. Okay, I would have never guessed that. The Japanese Arasaka wound up being the strongest rifle. They could take the most pressure before it's floating. Huh. Believe it or not. Interesting. Straight out of Hatcher's notebook. I haven't read that book in like 15 years. Yeah. I can remember that. All right. Um, let's see here. Maybe how about this? Re um, explain the relationship between a bullet mass, bullet speed, and the resulting energies from a bird's eye view. So to explain that relationship, 
energy equals mass times acceleration. All right. So pretty simple. When you look at bullets and everything, in order to get a lot of energy out of a light projectile, you have to get it moving faster. In order to get a lot of energy out of a heavy projectile, it doesn't have to be moving as fast because it has more energy. It has more kinetic potential because of its weight. Weight has more of a factor than the speed of the projectile, but there is a fine line. If you can get... <laughs> oh, yeah, it came back for revenge. If you can get a heavy bullet moving fast, now that's where you have a recipe for absolute magic. Think your uh, 458 lots, you know, some of your stalking rifles and things like that, you know, and, and uh, big game hunting rifles where you've got not only a heavy bullet, but it's also moving fast. The heavier the bullet and the faster moving it is, the more explosive a visceral energy it has. The lighter the bullet and the faster moving it is, the more penetrating capabilities it will have for something like, especially depending on the construction of the bullet, body armor and things like that. So that's why when we talk body armor, what generally overcomes body armor is velocity. But not only velocity, a combination of velocity and bullet construction. Okay, so these things kind of go hand in hand with each other. Um, that's why 45 ACP can be so visceral, even though it's moving so slow, because you have a 230 grain bullet that's only moving 800 some odd feet per second. It doesn't have to be moving fast because it has the energy. It has the uh, the mass to create the energy, not necessarily the uh, the the. It's not relying on on uh, on the speed. It's relying on the mass. So, you know, a 22 is not moving exactly super fast but it's also not very heavy either. So it, like a 22 is kind of this strange Goldilocks zone where it's not a super light projectile. It's not a super heavy projectile. And it's moving at just that like Goldilocks speed to still generate some pretty respectable energies. So I think overall, when we look at the, at the paradigm between, um, you know, the, the, the mass of the projectile and the speed it's moving, you know, that that's really where those things, um, you know, come together. And I always like to make a comparison of a big bore, um, hunting rifle that's used for like big game because <laughs> bullet, you know 600 grain bullet moving at a ridiculous butt stomping pace is going to have an, a visceral amount of, uh, of energy you're talking a 458 lot if i'm not mistaken you know you're definitely getting into the uh you're probably getting definitely into like the you know six to seven thousand foot pounds of energy whereby to put in perspective i mean a standard nine millimeter I want to say it's like 135 foot pounds of energy or something like that. So like, it's not a lot, you know, nine mil does not produce quite the energy that you might think compared to like some of these crazy big bore hunting rifles and things like that. And I'm sure my numbers, my data is going to be a little bit off because I'm off right now. <laughs> That's the point is to try and stop. I'm actually really impressed that you're able to even answer this stuff. I mean, you're, you could see like, you know, you're tearing up, you're, you know, yeah. your nose is running. Your whole body is right now. Yeah. But yeah. you're actually doing pretty well. Yeah, not bad. Not bad overall. You know, um, all out of the peppers, I would say that uh, the uh, Mr. Hickok's um, assessment of these peppers was quite correct. The yellow had the best flavor. The red had very good flavor and a decent amount of heat. It was de He's definitely right. It was in the middle. The chocolate pepper... Didn't really taste like anything. It just tastes like, like the devil spit. Like it was just straight up heat. Yeah. I wonder if I could like two a day. He said one or two a day. 
it does offer a really high amount of vitamin C. Oh, that's like personally, I would rather. I actually heard that uh, bell peppers also offer a high dose of vitamin C. So I think I'd rather eat that instead. I mean, there's also yeah. an orange or just regular old vitamin C capsules. Yeah, I think maybe just an orange would be a lot better than trying to have a, you know, a freaking pepper that came from Satan himself. Yeah, but I do wonder why he's trying to build up his tolerance for it. Because he's crazy, apparently. I mean, I mean yeah, he, did say, he did say it was uh, Hickok Huckleberries. He called it that. And that was so funny. <laughs> Man, look, these kind of peppers are the sort of peppers that you use to season food. To think that you're just going to eat it, though, I, I I don't know. It's freaking right. hot. I'm going to wrap it up. I've had a lot of hot peppers, and this is definitely the hottest thing I've ever ate. Mm. By far. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you starting to get, like, cramped or anything? I'm not. There's a feeling I'm probably going to experience that later, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, look our, our poor uh, viewers and listeners. I'm not going to put them through that, but um, yeah. it's it highly unpleasant. Highly yeah. unpleasant. Okay. Um, let's see. Who do you think makes the best factory AR? Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm at risk for getting in some serious trouble here. Yeah. That's a, I mean, there's a lot of good, like really great ARs on the market right now, but just, I mean, if you could buy like any AR stock, what would you, what would you pick and why? Now in this scenario, are we going to say money notwithstanding, like I just want the best or do I want? Yeah. Okay. How about this? How about the best? Good level. No, I want the best. You want the best? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, <laughs> Well, I would say anything with a hammer forged barrel. So that's going to pretty much get us into the HK territory mm-hmm. right now. And Daniel Defense has hammer forged barrels. I, I kind of, I'm a big stickler on the hammer forged barrels, but they hold up really well. And, you know, in terms of components, like we look at an upper or a lower, stripped upper or stripped lower. Okay, sure. There's a lot of different types of things when it comes to the way that these things are produced, what the way they're made, the way they're coated, the way the fit and finish, you know, the fitment between the upper and the lower. Like if you just take a random off the shelf upper and a random off the shelf lower and slap them together, they're going to work, of course. But when you look at Daniel Defense and the way that they fit their uppers and lowers, it's very specific. That one guy that does it, one guy fits every single one. That's his job is to fit those uppers and lowers. So fitment does become, you know, a consideration. I would say barrel quality is probably one of the most important factors because you got to think that's what contains the pressure. The pressure containing apparatus on a gun is the barrel. So the better quality barrel you have, the better delivery of that bullet that you're going to get and the most consistent that it's going to be. The barrel is the last thing that the bullet touches and it's in contact with before it leaves you, right? I feel like the barrel is a super important component. You could take a really crappy AR and put a good barrel on it. It's going to improve it vastly. Now, who out the gate has great barrels? Well, I mean, the Daniel Defenses hold up exceptionally well. The POFs are great. LMTs are great. H&K is great. Now, H&K, they're pricey. They are, but they make a fine rifle. Uh, In terms of the overall 
uh, package of what you get when you get an H and K. I mean, look, you're not just paying for a name. H and K makes a fine rifle. And uh, I do like LMT quite a bit. I have a few of their piston guns. They're fantastic. I have a POF 415 machine gun. It is a bullet delivery device. In our meltdown videos, the POF held up so well. It did very, very, very well. So it's very hard to just dial in on one exact gun because I love so many of them. I do love the Daniel Defense Mark 18. It's one of my favorite rifles. Um, if you could call it a rifle, a little 10.3. I mean, there's not really much there to, to speak of, but it is a barking spider. And when it comes to, you know, getting into a short room, a tiny, you know, area, you're clearing, you know, a, a nice, tight, close in, close quarters type of, of, uh, of situation. The Mark 18 is a fine rifle. Uh, I love it. I think it's it's fantastic, just like I love the POF 415, everything like that. Um, yeah. And, and look, for someone who is, let's just say, on a budget and they don't want to spend like a metric ton of money, and our testing, um, the Smith & Wesson M&P Sports, I mean, look, for what they are, the Sport 2, you know, get the one that has a dust cover and the Ford Assist, you know, so it's basically, a, you know, ready-to-go AR in terms of the full features. And if you don't like the handguard and the barrel later on, you can upgrade to a floating handguard and a, and a better barrel and have a lot of an upgrade out of that rig. And you're good to go. I mean, so really, like, the Smith & Wesson M&P Sport has held up really good in our testing. And one thing that I will say whew, about that particular gun is that they are very overgassed. But that's only an issue you're going to have if you stick with the original barrel because the gas ports are very large. Smith & Wesson makes the gas ports on those guns large so that they'll run anything and that they'll run them... Uh, after not being cleaned well, and you got to think, it's a type of gun that is probably going to be bought by a beginner. So mm -hmm. set up for beginners in a way. So it's like, yeah, the gun is overgassed. The gun's real gassy. Yeah, it, it is overgassed, but it's going to run. It's going to work. Would you rather the gun be overgassed and work every time? Or would you rather it be something a little bit more fine-tuned that's going to require a little bit more specific sort of minutia behind it, like an LMT that has an adjustable gas system? Well, what if you've never dealt with a gun with adjust, an adjustable gas system and you get it and you try to put some Walmart 55 grain cheap crap through it and it doesn't run and you go, well, this gun's a piece of crap because I just didn't know how to adjust the gas system properly. So the Smith is a great option because it doesn't cost a lot of money and they really are fantastic guns. We, we did a video where we took a stock one out. With, all we did was just drop an optical. We're literally hitting D28s at 300 yards center mass and hitting 12-inch round plates with boring regularity with the mil-spec trigger with just a red dot, what more What more does the gun need to do for the money? All right, last question. Um, what would you say makes for, like, the best hunting rifle? Although I know that that's very broad because it depends on what you're hunting, but let's say somebody can only afford one hunting rifle and they were going to hunt a variety of different things, what would you recommend? <clears throat> well, I would say that considering earlier that I took a little bit of a crap on Ruger, I'm going to have to give Ruger props. I like the Ruger M77. It's a rifle that I've, I've been using for years, and uh, I have an old red butt plate, uh, Tang Safety M77 and 458 Winchester Magnum. I have an old red butt. Uh, that I dropped into an all-weather stock in uh, 9.3 by 62. 
and I, I love that gun. It's it's a jackhammer. And then I also have a few. I've got one in seven six two by thirty nine. I've got one in, in two two three. That was my first rifle I ever bought with my own money. And I have a thirty alt six, and I like them. And they're based on the Mauser, so so control feed. You know, has the claw, the feed claw. So you can run them, you know, even in any position, upside down. You know, that's the thing. Like, you know, Winchester Model 70 is a push feed. Remington 700 is a push feed, which is not a problem. I like a control feed because no matter what position the rifle's in, no matter where you're holding it, the gun's going to feed reliably. And I've always been a fan of the Ruger M77 Mark II all-weather with the skeletonized Zytel stock. That's my favorite hunting rifle of all time. I have a bunch of them. I buy them in multiples in different calibers. That's my go-to hunting rifle, and I absolutely love it. Although I will say I do have a Mauser Model 66 that was produced in around, oh, that gun was made around 1968, 69. You know, so it's, a, it's, it's one of the last, it might be even earlier than that, but it's like one of the last commercial Mausers of, the, of its type. Um, it was really originally designed like as a as a competition type gun, like a shooting like sporting gun, you know, for like a Olympic competition and shit like that. But they found that it made a very good rifle action for a, a, a hunting rifle. But I do prefer the the Mauser actions, whether it's um, Ruger M seventy seven or even just a Mauser Sporter. Um, that's always been kind of my go to. Uh, they are expensive. I mean, look, a Ruger M seventy seven is not a cheap gun. Ruger responded to that by making the Ruger American, which is a much more simplified and stripped down version. Uh, so you can buy the Ruger American, but I believe the Ruger Americans are push feed. So it's not a control feed. It's not a Mauser rifle like the, like the, uh, the M77 is. So I like the M77 that's, that's kind of my jam. Okay. Uh, all right. <clears throat> well, wrapping up so that, you know, you can, uh, take care of yourself. <laughs> Um, but before we do, listener of the week, uh, car guy, car guy Carl, titled "Great Show Five Stars," keep spreading the word. Or I'm sorry, uh, titled "Great Show," keep spreading the word. Five stars. Huge fan of the show. It's important to talk about the transgender stuff. So that's cool. Um, all right. Well, now I'm kind of curious. I'm like, what else can you handle? What else should we make you eat? <laughs> maybe this sure. will be like theories every couple of shows i'm sure that all of our viewers are going to come up with all kind of crazy things for me to eat now look i will say this these peppers were hot they weren't that bad though they weren't mm. that i like i didn't i i, th I feel like i kind of hyped myself up to think it was going to be a lot worse now granted okay old hickok there he did set me up for success he said eat the Eat the mac and cheese. I ate the mac yeah. and cheese. He said, take the take the Pepto-Bismol. Take the Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if you died and that was on him and his hands were, like, were you know, covered in I mean, blood? I, mean, I did just eat some peppers that some random guy on the internet sent to me. <laughs> be anything. I know. You sent, me, you sent me a funny video earlier today walking while you were walking around the grocery store. And you're like, you know, what has my life come of? Like, I'm getting ready to eat these peppers. Some random guy we don't even know sent me. And, you know, also that people could just like, you know, be entertained. Um, but we do appreciate you taking more for the team. That's right. And, That's uh, right. Yeah. 
All right. Well, guys, if you could think of anything else that's going to top of this, let us know. But in the meantime, we really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't, head on over to Pew Pew Panel and subscribe onto the YouTube channel. Leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Happy holidays. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.